Welcome to the podcast of Unity Fort Worth. In it, you'll hear this week's message and meditation. If you'd like to hear and see the complete service, you can always find it at unityfortworth.org or on the Unity Fort Worth Facebook page. Unity Fort Worth focuses on positive and practical Christianity with a willingness to explore the entire world of religion and spiritual thought. Unity Fort Worth streams live every Sunday at 11 a.m. Thanks for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. Happy Easter, everyone. What an exciting day, isn't it? It's so good to see that the sanctuary to be so filled today. All the secret agents came out today and came to service. Right? If you don't remember that joke, you can go back and watch one of the older services. So we're going to talk about Easter in a little bit of a different way today. But we're going to start out very traditionally by simply looking at what Easter is really about. Easter is not so much about one person having had the ability to resurrect himself from death, but it's much more about the promise of eternal life. And it's right in the text there, in John chapter 11. I am the resurrection and the life. The I am doesn't mean that Jesus was referring to him, self. Jesus was referring to the potential that he, at this point, completely and fully realized. I am the resurrection and the life. He's teaching that to his disciples and those who were listening to him as an affirmation, an affirmation that we can say. We can even say it together. Let's say it together. I am the resurrection and the life. That is the power of Easter, is to remember that. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die, often confuses a lot when they read this. Well, do we have to believe in Jesus? Do we have to believe in this one person and then put him on a pedestal so far up that we'll never reach him? No. It wasn't about him. If you understood Jesus' teaching at all, you understand that Jesus was never about himself, right? Wouldn't you say that? If you read the Bible, there's so much selflessness in his teachings that it can't just simply not be that to say those who believe in me is about you have to believe in me. That's what false prophets do. Unless you believe in me, you will never make it. Unless you worship me, you will never make it. We have heaps of examples of that kind of false prophecy. A true prophecy is if you follow what I do, if you do what I do, but you do it for yourself, if you believe in me means if you believe in the power that is within you, and if you believe that you can do the same works as I did, then you will never die. And of course, we're not talking about a death not being possible. We're talking about a much greater picture. 
Some of us believe in reincarnation, others believe there's nothing after death, but in the end, there is something that can truly be eternal. It may no longer be us individually. We may dissolve into a greater togetherness, into the universe, into the dust of existence, or we may continue to exist as individual souls. Who knows, right? We all have different beliefs, and I think we should encourage those beliefs within us as long as they serve us. But one thing we should remember, that what we leave behind is also important. And that which we leave behind will never die. Our memories, our actions, the way we make feel, make people feel about themselves, not about us, about themselves. So Holy Week is really about a journey from perfect peace, starting with Palm Sunday, to complete surrender, which is Good Friday. So like in Palm Sunday, as you remember from last week, if you were here or watched the, the recording, we have all these people gathering and pro processing, you know, help Jesus come into Jerusalem. Jerusalem meaning peace. Jerusalem, the word Jerusalem in the Hebrew has its root in perfect peace. That Jesus entering into Jerusalem means that when we truly become who and what we are, we come to peace. And the lying down of the palm leaves and the taking off the coat and putting it down so that Jesus can walk over it or the donkey can walk over it, that means that our thoughts and feelings are finally aligning with ourselves. Imagine for a moment that you would have no thought that's fighting with you anymore. No feeling that's going against your true nature. You would be perfectly joyful. Imagine that for a moment. Do you think it's possible? Yes. Anyone? One person said, one out of how many are we? Okay, I ask again, do you think that's possible? Yes. Okay, much better, right? I know some of us doubt that still, but you know, to come to perfect peace is not such a foreign concept. We all have experienced it already. I am 100% sure of that. We all have held, or most of us probably have held a baby in, their, in our arms before, whether it's our own or someone else's. Most of us have played an instrument and gotten into a zone and just didn't know where they went. Most of us had probably seen a sunset so beautiful that all they could do is just let the tears flow down their cheeks, helpless almost to stop it. It's called a peak experience, the flow, a runner's high, right? Those are all these moments, the exact same thing. This is entering Jerusalem. We already have experienced that, and that's how Holy Week starts. Isn't that awesome? That's only the beginning. And then we have a whole bunch of stuff going on, right, throughout the week. We have 
Um, lots of stuff going on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so on. And then on Thursday, Monday, Thursday, we have just before the Last Supper this incredible scene when Jesus kneels down and washes the disciples' feet. Have you ever seen a modern-day spiritual leader kneel down and wash anyone's feet? It's hard to find. They are there, believe me. They are there. I've seen it done before. Maharishis making a statement just to do what's happening here. It's a complete surrender of someone who is so highly evolved that he realized that in that moment it's not at all about himself anymore. He knew he's going to die. He knew his bodily existence is going to be over. And all he was able to do and willing to do was taking his closest ones and give them this last service to wash their feet, to give them even the greater understanding, the greatest understanding of it all, which is it's not just about us. I know this is hard in the Western world. We are trained to be individuals, right? We're growing up being trained to be these individual superheroes that need to walk through life and do everything perfect. There's not a lot, not, not a lot of communal thinking as we find more often in the Eastern cultures. But in that moment, it's about selflessness. And that's a huge part, the surrender of oneself desires for someone else's good. To acknowledge someone else that I love you, I care for you, I want to support you, I want to be here for you. You know, this cross is really bothering me. Is it bothering you at all? How do I deal with this cross? Every year I wonder, what's the best position to stand? Shall I stand here for a little while? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Next year. A trapeze, that's the solution. Awesome. So Good Friday then. It was so interesting. We had a beautiful Good Friday service, didn't we? Don't you think those of us who were here, or maybe you watched the recording at home, we had a wonderful choir singing. We had a, quite a, you know, a, a little bit of a, a slower kind of more contemplative service. Wonderful. And after we were done, some of us were still hanging around and talk about how sometimes traditionally Good Friday services apparently are uh, celebrated. I. I Never experienced it that way myself, but apparently in some congregations there's a lot of crying going on and a lot of um, lamenting. And um, isn't it true? Who told me all that? So, Raisy, yeah, yeah, there she is. <laughs> you know, and and it's so beautiful that we are part of a community who is not doing that, who is 
celebrating to a degree that the symbolism of what happened is so much greater than the sacrifice that one person gave to us. Now, you might even ask, well, is this even true? Was there even someone like Jesus Christ crucified? And there is actually Jewish resources, Jewish scholars around the 100 Common Era who went into the records of Asia Minor and saw that, yes, there was a crucifixion of someone who was titled Christos or Christos, which is the title of Christ, a great teacher. And so even if we assume that there was someone like Jesus Christ that was crucified, and yes, in the physical, there was the sacrifice that happened, the symbolism of the story that we read is so much more important for us to now acknowledge nowadays, which obviously is... If you were here, it's obvious, on Good Friday, is the complete surrender again. Crucifixion means to let go. We crucify the things that no longer work for us. And we learn about these things that no longer work for us when we come truly to peace. Remember again those moments, playing an instrument, going for a run, seeing a sunset, holding a baby. Remember those moments in your life when everything seemed perfect? Did you think about breakfast the next day? No. Did you think about whether you can pay your bills in that moment? No. Everything, every worry, everything that bothers you or you regret, everything in that moment is disappearing because all that can exist in that moment of perfect peace is beauty, joy, care, perfection. In that moment, we also realize how sometimes we are standing in our own way. And when we come to perfect peace, then we get a glimpse of the things that stay in the way for us. And usually, who is in charge of standing in the way? Us, right? We would like to say everyone else. I love doing that, don't you? Like that, because of you, I cannot be happy. I do this all the time, right? And not that I do it like all, you know, all day long, but I have these thoughts because I'm, we are all trained to think that way. Because you did this, I cannot be happy rather than seeing that we are the ones who are standing in our own way in the first place. And crucifixion is about that. The letting go of the physical is symbolic for letting go of anything that holds us tight to limitation. And by surrendering and giving up, we get to be free. Which then, which then, leads us to those seven words, which I'd like to repeat in case you missed Good Friday. Because those last seven words that Jesus spoke have a lot of symbolism in it. It actually, they tell us 
what we are to know about his passing in, from the physical into the spiritual. First word, we're going to do all seven words today, and we're just going to say these affirmations together. First word, affirmation is, I forgive and let go to embrace what is mine to do. Let's say this together. I forgive and let go to embrace what is mine to do. Second word, I choose my life and as I accept my paradise. Together, I choose my life as I accept my paradise. Third word, I am, perfect. I am a perfect expression of love, ready to share with others. Together, I am a perfect expression of love, ready to share with others. Fourth word, I am born and reborn to fully express my life in this world. Together, I am born and reborn to fully express my life in this world. Fifth word, I thirst for my own potential to realize my divinity. Together, I thirst for my own potential to realize my divinity. Sixth word, I am complete. Together, I am complete. Seventh word, I surrender myself to the goodness of all. Together, I surrender myself to the goodness of all. How can that be not anything but joyful to remember that? So after the crucifixion, what do we do? We've come to peace. We've realized that life is more than just about us alone. And then we are ready to let go. What we know doesn't really work for us anymore. What's the next step? Who knows what Holy Saturday is about? What did God do after six days? Rest, right? Holy Saturday, the day God rested and the day we rest. Rest is important. Pause is important. The more we get supported by all the goodies that we have, and I'm a geek, I love it, right? If you have a new electronic thing that you, you show me, I will probably buy it and test it and use it uh, more, more joyful about it than anyone else I can think of. But it also has a downside. You know, think of the times. I was just thinking about the times when we didn't have caller ID. Anyone remembers those times? When the phone would ring and we all would get excited in the family and we would run to the phone and I had to fight with my brother to see who is going to, be, who is going to pick up the phone next, right? And then we would even, tell, we would even say our, our name on the phone. Here, here is this person, right? Hello, this is Schweitzer family. Who is calling, right? And nowadays, what do we do? Oh, no, no. <laughs> right? 
Or, or we put it on, we put it on, on silent all day long, right? It's because we've gotten so busy that we forget to rest. And rest is so important. Rest is one thing that is so relevant, there wouldn't be the first chapter in Genesis telling us that God even rested after six days if it wasn't important. And it wouldn't be in Holy Week, that Holy Saturday, nothing is happening because we're supposed to rest. So that will tell you something. And I'm seeing that the kids are ready, actually, for us to come in. So we'll have our kids from Youth and Family Ministry come in and join us. They're actually going to join the family. And if the families would raise their hands so the kids can find you. If you want. <laughs> what kind of an Easter message is that? <laughs> So while the kids are finding their families, let's talk about Easter Sunday and then we move into our communion for today. Easter Sunday really is about we are the resurrection and the life. That's what it is about. And when you go back to the um, text, the verse that we saw at the very beginning, you can actually highlight a couple of things again. I am is highlighted because the resurrection and the life is about us. It's not about one person who lived 2,000 years ago. It's about every single human being in this world to realize that. We are the resurrection. Our willingness to let go and forgive each other is the resurrection that we seek for ourselves and for life and for the world, right? We can only resurrect ourselves out of war if we are willing to forgive. We cannot see change if we're not changing ourselves. Gandhi was really clear on that. Be the change that you want to see in this world. And then those who believe in me, Christ, those who believe in that Christ power, whether you say Christ or Buddha or Krishna or Humahat, may peace be upon him, you know, it doesn't really matter as much. It's about the potential. Those who believe in the potential that we have will live, and everyone who lives and believes in that potential will never die because once we know that we are truly good, we're here to do goodness, we're here to change the world. One breath, one loving and kind word at the time, one action, one kindness, random kindness at the time, once we get that, that alone will be eternal. Whether we get to realize eternity ourselves or not, because remember, it's not about us. It's about so much more than that. So let us then take communion together. And what often happens when I say, I'm going to do communion this Sunday, at the Unity Church, even amongst Unity ministers, many go, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's not what we do in Unity. And I think it's such a shame 
that we don't because there's so much that we can learn about communion that's different than what you may have grown up with. I remember, you know, my mom was Catholic and I was Protestant. So my, my parents decided to raise me Protestant, but I would go with my mom to Mass and everything. And whenever it came time for communion, guess what I had to do? Who knows this? Sit down and be not part of the community, right? Well, we'll do this differently in unity. Now, I want to make sure, raise your hand if you don't have one of those little cups. And um, we have one person up there. Um, and only if you want to. You don't have to participate. We're not going to force anyone. You're not going to hell if you don't. You're not going to heaven if you do. You know, heaven and hell, it's not in the future. It's all right now. We're all in heaven right now, right? Yeah, right? I want to hear that. Come on. We're in heaven right now. Okay, good. Amen to that. Okay, good. So, again, here's my favorite picture of the Zoom, the Zoom version of uh, The Last Supper. <laughs> this is how it would have looked like a couple of years ago. Right? Uh, Jesus by himself and all the disciples zooming in. How wonderful to connect that way. Okay? But what are we actually doing? So that the body of Christ comes from this verse, right? While, we, while they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to the disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. That's where the body uh, of Christ comes in. But we're not literally eating Jesus' body, obviously. And bread has so much more symbolism, not only in Christian scriptures, and not even only in Hebrew scriptures, but in many other scriptures from different traditions. Bread often, if not always, means substance. Right? If we eat bread, it provides substance to us. And when we talk about substance, in, in unity or in spiritual practice, we talk about potential. We get to dive into substance, into that potential. So as we eat the bread, which is this tiny little wafer that tends to get stuck at the roof of your gums, right? So be, be careful with that. That's what it means. It's a reminder for us to tap into that potential. And then the wine, and I'm sorry to say, no wine in the cup, okay? Grape juice, we're just going to turn it into wine. If we are really careful and if we're doing a good job, we can turn it into wine if you want to, okay? But it's grape juice, so kids, you're just fine to, to drink it. And it says, you know, then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you for this is my blood of the covenant. And that's where the blood of Christ is coming from. But again, wine, blood, actually means something different. If you go into the root meaning of many of the stories in the Bible, Hebrew scriptures, Christian scriptures, you realize that whenever wine shows up, water, blood, any of that shows up, it has to do with vitality with life itself, bringing life. Without blood, we wouldn't be alive. The blood of Christ is not about drinking Jesus' blood 
in terms of a literal interpretation, it's about remembering that when we tap into that substance, we have the power and the strength and the grace to bring life to it. That's in that moment, that moment of peace, when the spiritual connects with the human. That's the other meaning of it. And finally, as we do this, we walk up the Mount of Olives. Because that's what they said. They sang together, and we're going to say the Lord's Prayer together as a symbol of the hymn in a moment after we take communion together. But what they did is they went up the mountain of olive. Going up a mountain means to raise ourselves up, to lift ourselves up out of the darkness, out of the dark thoughts, regret, and judgments, and things like that. But the Mount of Olive is special because the Mount of Olive means even higher than that, to the highest possible way of being. Think for a moment that there's nothing wrong with you, nothing to fix, nothing to do, nothing to change. That the way you are right now is exactly how you need to be for not only your life, but all of our lives and everyone's life to be perfect. If you can imagine that just for a split second, you have walked up the Mount of Olives. And we're going to do that together right now. So let us take the bread or the wafer. You kind of have to lift it. Might be a bit tricky. And I was lucky on Friday, I got two. Maybe some of you are lucky, but if you only have one, doesn't mean you're losing out. Still the same substance, so we take the bread together as we remember the substance of life. And then we use the, have the grape juice, the wine, representing our divine connection, and drink that. as we remember that we stand together to walk up that mountain as a community, remembering the truth of who we are. So after we say the Lord's Prayer together, we're going to have a little bit of a shorter meditation today and after the meditation, we'll do our flower cross ritual, which means that anyone at the time of their choosing can then pick, come and pick their flower. And remember, there's an affirmation wrapped around the flower that is just for you. So again, King James Version, let us say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, which art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen.
So take a moment and relax in your seats. Find a way to be comfortable. And remember for a moment what we just did. Reciting the Lord's Prayer is not about anyone but ourselves to remember. Remember that in heaven there is only one thing and there is perfection. And right now, we create this heaven on earth. Right now we are in this beautiful place where no suffering exists. And because we are in heaven together, we get to forgive. We get to forgive and let go of those things that no longer serve us. We get to forgive ourselves and others. And we get to rest in the knowing that perfection is at hand. Remember that the Last Supper was so much more than just the last meal. It was a way of Jesus reminding the disciples one last time what being a human and the spiritual being is about. It's about learning about our potential, tapping into that potential, and bring it alive. We are in heaven. Darkness no longer exists. And we stand together remembering that we are potential itself. God expressing through us, with us. And we bring that to life right here and right now. So we give thanks in this moment of community. And as we close this meditation for today, we silently get ready to pick our flower.
from the flower cross. We take our time and step up whenever we are ready. The flower and the affirmation that you will receive is for you alone. It's for you to remember that the beauty and the grace of God is already within you. And so it is. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast. You just heard this week's message and meditation. For the live streams and more information, go to unityfortworth.org.